DW. The 77 percent. Coronavirus is devastating, but especially for vulnerable children, the situation has been brutal. We used to play football, volleyball, running competition in the compound here. And sometimes on Sunday people used to go to church, but on Sunday now people are staying at home. Not being able to play football is not their biggest challenge. The issue of education, there is no support from the government to the center here we are only defending on the press so what should africa be doing differently one of the best way we can deal with them is to reconsider the extended family system and find a way to strengthen it this is a 77 percent the space for young africans to talk and this week we are talking about how covid 19 is making life tough for vulnerable children what is the situation in your community? Join the debate. Go onto our Facebook page, DW Africa. Today, the show is hosted by me, Mike Lutif from Accra, and Simon Wakiwudu in Juba. As South Sudan continues to grapple with civil conflict, many children have been left orphaned. That is where we start today's show. Even before the COVID-19 pandemic, funding the education of vulnerable children in Juba was a major problem. Today, that situation has worsened. My colleague Simon Wakiwudu in South Sudan has been interacting with some of them. South Sudan so far has registered 665 positive cases of COVID-19, including six recoveries and eight deaths across the country. Officials say the situation is becoming overwhelming as hundreds of the cases that are being registered are community transmissions. There are a few lockdown measures, such as a blocked border crossing from or to another country, including moving out of and into the capital, Juba, among others. While many children across Africa are going online for education, some orphans here at the Juba Orphanage Home have been left with little options. I have been interacting with some of them and later the director of this facility. Tell me your name. My name is Philip Soka. I'm 16 years old. What do you know about Corona? Corona is a disease which well known around all over the world especially in South Sudan Corona is common case because most of the time you find in radio, in television all where you find Corona, Corona that's why even children at age of 5 know what's Corona In the past, what did you do that you can't do now? We usually play football before, but now there's no football. And I think there's some activities like volleyball, praying together, because we are used to pray together. We gather at one place and pray. But nowadays, everyone should go on his or her own bed and pray for him or her own self. 
What is your name? My name is John Lokonga. Let me come to you, John Lokonga. How old are you? I'm 16 years old. John, what do you know about Corona? Corona is a dangerous virus which runs all over the world. And it starts in China. And even now it is in South Sudan. And people all over the world are fearing about Corona. How do you manage to play with your friends? Now that there is Corona, there is need for social distancing. Don't even greet your friends. Now in the center here, as the Minister of Health thought that you have to keep distant. Now people are just being distant from mother because of the virus. And people are not praying like the way before. What is the role of the orphanage for vulnerable children in Juba here? We, as uh, the administration of Juba Orphanage, we are doing a lot of activities. In the first place, the issue of feeding for their life. Because we have a number of 59, that is 20 girls and 38 boys. Then, the first role, we need them to get a good life, a good food, so that they will feel like any child in his or her family. Or the second activities is the issue of the education. In education general, we have those who are in preschool, we have those in primary, we have those in secondary schools, different various secondary schools in Juba. And some are in the universities, but they have finished. But we are just waiting the other intake to take them to the university, but they're still not yet out. Is the orphanage getting more children now than before? Yes. Before that, we have a very few orphans. But now, we are receiving a lot of orphans. Some are coming from Eastern Bank, Eastern Equatoria, even from uh, Nasir, Bargazal, Yambio, Terakeka, Ye. So where we get these children? We get through the, the ships and some of the elders, brothers, and some of the pastors, they just brought from the church side. Before that, the number even, we give to the parents, about 40 of them, 36 boys and then four girls. I mean 34 boys and then six girls. That was by 2017. 2018 also we discharged six, six of them. Two girls, four boys. This year we did not discharge because there is a lot of problem to get the parents or the relatives. So that is why we have about eight to be discharged. But to get the parents by this time, by this time of Corona, we cannot do that. And uh, when the Corona situation started, are there new children that you have received in the center here? And how many? No. Since the corona started, we received a new admission. Because now even our customers are not longer coming like usual. The friends of Juba Orphanage are not coming like usual because of the public health issues which was being talking throughout the whole of the town. And now everybody is in his house. How has the situation impacted on the children here? In fact, we thank God the situation is good. Their health is okay. We kept them in the compound here, not going out. And they are just uh, sitting some distance by themselves. And even when the food is given to them, they are also going distance by distance. How does the orphanage manage to get the children to stay safe especially when it comes 
to social distancing, which is one of the preventive measures. We received some of the friends. They came to us and also they gave counseling to the orphans and some of the assistance so that they help themselves. And the Minister of Gender of National Government also, they came together and also they give more instruction to us so that to guide us here as the administration of the government. And uh, how about the teachers or the guardians, you know, uh, to these children? What safety measures are they putting in place? In fact, we are not separating themselves. We are giving one administration to all because we have those who are working in the morning up to 2.30 and then we have those who are working in 2.30 up to 6.30 and then we have those who are working from the 6.30 up to 6.30 morning. So this group, we have a group from the babysitters, the social workers, the cleaners, the watchmen, then plus the administration. So we are not neglecting them. We are giving the same information so that they guide themselves and they guide the orphans. In the long term, will Corona change how the management can work with the children at the orphanage here? If God can hear, let this Corona go away from South Sudan, especially in Juba City. When this Corona is out, I think if we are alive, I say we thank God. We shall be celebrating and we shall be doing a lot of plans because we plan for a lot of things and we cannot do anything because of this corona. So we hope that if God is with us, let this corona go away, we shall have a good plan so that we work for them so that tomorrow they will be a good leaders of these countries. Finally, sir, I know there are a series of them, but a few of them, what are the major challenges that currently the center is facing during this period of the pandemic? We have a lot of challenges. In the first place, the government of South Sudan, especially Ministry of Gender, Child and Social Welfare, Jubek State, do get us money from Minister of Finance, Jubek State. That is £100,000 per a month. But the issue is here. If there is salaries, we get that money. If there's no salaries for two to three months, there's no money. That is the first challenge facing us because if that money is not there, it is very difficult to feed the orphans. This is one. Secondly, the issue of education. There is no support from the government to the center here. We are only defending on the prints. We thank God's world vision by this time, by this year, Last year they pay for the school fees. This year also they pay for the school fees and other friends. So this is the big challenge because to get the uniform is a problem. To get the school material is a problem. The shoes, the pants, the school fees, these are the problem facing us here. The third thing is the issue of the medication. When these children are sick, we don't have money so that we go to the pharmacy and get medicine and help the situation. But we thank God, because God is the one now guiding them, there's no sickness. Otherwise, we are in problem. That was Mr. Angelo Kenyi Samuel, director of the Juba Orphanage Center. Let's now head back to Accra, where my colleague Michael Oti has been finding out how Africa can better care for its vulnerable children. Thank you, Simon. 
Here in Accra, I have been speaking to Dr. Joanna Yendok, who is a development psychologist with the University of Ghana. My question to her is how COVID-19 restrictions could affect vulnerable children. Take a listen to her response. For children who are okay with strict schedules and limitations prior to COVID-19, they would think that, well, it's business as usual. After all, in the past, I wasn't allowed to go out as often as I want. But for those who perceive these restrictions, that is restriction put in place by residential authorities prior to COVID-19, who may develop a heightened sense of confinement because they will feel that before COVID-19, at least I could go to church, I could go to school and play with my friends. But now I can't do any of those. So for them, their sense of confinement will be heightened. And these different experiences will also reflect in how they behave towards their caregivers and their peers. Depending on the nature of child-caregiver relationship prior to the pandemic, which we expect more fighting with caregivers who would usually try to limit children's interaction. Is Africa's strategy really working? Now, when it comes to educational needs, there's provisions have been made for online education. That is an, it's, it's a laudable idea, but these provisions have not taken into consideration, again, the needs of vulnerable children who may not have access to television, stable electricity supply, or even internet to access these online educational facilities. These educational facility materials are also not tailor-made to meet the unique needs of this diverse population. At best, those with hearing impairments may benefit because sign language is, is used, but those from extremely poor families who don't have who don't, or those on the street who don't have TVs in their home, or those with um, visual problems who have no access to Braille, or those in abusive homes or environments who are not even in the right psychological framework to learn may not benefit from these provisions. Given the challenges, how can Africa safeguard these kids? One of the best ways we can deal with them is to reconsider the extended family system and find a way to strengthen it. Those days when the extended family system was strong and active, no child was considered an orphan. In fact, there was no language for vulnerable children because when your parents were in, unable to, when you lose a parent, when your parents were ill or poor to the extent that they can't care for you, you have so many other family members to help you get back on your feet. So I think that we have to go back to our roots and take a second look at ways or come up with strategies as to how we can strengthen the extended family system. Dr. Yendok is a development psychologist at the University of Ghana. In Rwanda, the government has closed all schools for March and is scheduled to reopen them in September. 
as ordinary students have the option to follow their studies online through radio and TV programs, those who have disabilities have not been catered for. To bring you closer to the plight of vulnerable children, here is a report by Alex Ingarambe in Rwanda. 23-year-old Jean-Claude Gasigwa was born blind. At his home in Kigali suburb, in a small kitchen and two-bedroom apartment, the young man is doing house chores. To go to school, I needed a guide to help me cross the road. Over 90% of the activities you need a helper, and most of the time, no one is available. This was the reason I dropped out of school. Gasigwa's challenges are not unique to him. Many people living with disabilities go through similar challenges in Rwanda, and quite often they are marginalized and stigmatized, according to Domitila Kanimba, executive director of the Union of the Blind. And now, with COVID-19 pandemic, she says the situation has gotten worse since there are no tools to enable e-learning for the people who cannot see. But yes, it is true. First of all, for children with visual impairment, for them to be able to learn properly, especially those in primary school, it is necessary that the person who is teaching them should be knowing Braille, and their parents or siblings do not know Braille. To make ends meet, most people with disabilities often turn to beg. Now with the lockdown measures and police operations, they are few noticeable on the streets, as the schools are closed in Rwanda until September because of COVID-19. There are worries that visually impaired persons may take to the streets. Most of them are idle at home, says Kanimba. Been given a report of some people who have been seen out going to beg, but they get very quickly spotted and sent back home because we are not free to be out. You know, everything is not back to normal yet. For Jire Morrison Hirenganya, director of Gatagara, one of the schools in the country for people living with disabilities, the school had to send students home because of the pandemic. But his biggest concern is poverty a major challenge for their education. Our students are faced with extreme poverty and we can't do much about it unless they have access to smartphones, TVs and radios. Unfortunately, their families are too poor to afford these gadgets. Although the government of Rwanda has enacted laws to improve livelihoods for disabled people, there is little or nothing done to help them continue their studies especially during the coronavirus pandemic. That report was by Alex Ingarambe from Rwanda. That's all we have time for on this week's 77% show. You can listen to this show and previous editions by visiting dw.com forward slash Africa. For more content on the 77% Check out our YouTube videos on DW Africa 77%. And if you are listening to this show, go onto our Facebook page and tell me how you are helping to make life easier for the less fortunate. Today's show was brought to you by me, Michael Oti in Accra, and Simon Wakiwudu in Juba. Thank you for listening and catch you next time. <laughs>